Blog Talk Radio. Intelligent, controversial, groundbreaking. The great liberators are coming. Hosts Amiri Brown and Kenya White take on all topics intrinsic to the black experience. No topic is too cold or too hot. Now, here are the great liberators, Amiri Brown and Kenya White. Hey, how's everyone doing out there? This is your host, Amiri Brown. I'm joined by Kenya White. Kenya, are you there? Kenya, are you there? Kenya. Hold on, guys. I'm having some some technical difficulties. Um, but anyway, this is the... Uh, the Great Liberators radio show broadcast. We're coming at you live tonight on Sunday at 8 p.m. Um, the topic for tonight is thug and thought culture within the black community. I'm trying to get my co-host in here. Kenya? Hello. Hey, yeah, we're having some technical difficulties with the with the switchboard. I don't know what was going on. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good. This um, this is our first time broadcasting on a Sunday night, which is which was typically our our broadcast day. Um, so you know, I'm doing good. I'm you know, I'm here ready to chop it up on this on this topic because I think it's something that is um, prevalent and it's probably one of the greatest threats to to black society, quiet as it's quiet as it's kept. Um I think we have to acknowledge that our youth are in um they're in dire straits when we look at at what the culture is informing within them and uh these different behavior patterns. We see it through, you know, through our through our mass media, through social media, this hypersexualized um, oversexed society, and so there are a lot of, um, I, I think, uh, cues that are being that are being sent to them. These these messages and these signals that are highly problematic and will invariably further lead to more deterioration of the black family and and black progress. To be to be quite frank. Um, what are your initial thoughts on it? Matter of fact, before we get we get too deep into it, the call in number is six four six five six four nine eight five eight. That's six four six five six four nine eight five eight. If anyone would like to uh call up and have a question or a comment to add their two cents to the discussion, uh just call that number, press one and that'll bring you in the queue and we'll uh let you make your comment. But um go ahead and, 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 and give your give us your initial thoughts on it. Can you my initial thoughts on it are that it's a very important topic. We often talk about what's wrong with the black community, and one of the biggest things is that people feel like these children are out of control, 
And I think that it's important that we talk about it and talk about some of the things that are accepted in the culture that help support and encourage, you know, behavior in our young people that's detrimental to us as a people. And a lot of people think that this is very recent, but, you know, this this decline started quite some time ago, and I know mm-hmm. that you're going to point that out. Right. Um. That's that's absolutely right because you know you and I were talking were talking earlier and we were talking about um, the the social and cultural de-evolution that has taken place within Black society and I think too many times what we like to do we we like to scapegoat what we call you know what they call liberalism or you know when when they when like when where black women they align with the feminism with this with this 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 liberalism and stuff like that but let's be uh clear here for the vast majority of black people's existence within uh within America they have pretty much been subject to the cultures and the standards of the larger Anglo-American society. And, and those, those uh, cultural values and mores were rooted and steeped in um, puritanical ideas uh, that essentially founded this, founded this country. That's how come they say America is a Christian nation. So when we had uh, these sprawling so-called glorious communities like uh, Black Wall Street in Tulsa, yeah. Oklahoma, the bedrock of that were, was the church. The church has always been the foundation for black society. And when the church was the foundation for black society, we did better. That's just a fact. We had uh, two-parent homes were intact. We had an emphasis on black excellence and black education. Um and we believed in, in we believed in hard work because to 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 be honest, there was this sense by uh by the so called black leaders of that day and this is where you get the um you get that I think the talented tenth concept from 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 and the idea was that if we show white people that we can be just as hard working, just as um uh disciplined just as uh, um, astute, then perchance we would be accepted by the dominant society and be accepted within their within their uh, institutions and their social spaces. And so that line of thinking and that reasoning served as the bedrock for what girded, uh, for what undergirded black life in, in, in black society. And I think that's something that we have to recognize now. In the civil rights, during the civil rights movement, you had the the old guard, which was very much represented by Martin Luther King and uh, the church bourgeoisie, and that was basically the line of thinking they were coming from. Like, and we see these themes throughout Martin Luther King's uh, "I Have a Dream" speech. Uh, however, when you look at the more extreme aspects of the civil rights movement. This is where you start having uh, other um, theologies coming up, like the the uh, Nation of Islam. Um, this whole the whole black power, you know, black fish in the air. They were more extreme. They didn't give a damn about white sensibilities, and there was a deviation from from that old guard and from that reasoning because they looked at that as being too um, acquiescent. 
to white sensibilities and the respect the respectability politics of white society. And so when you do that, when you deviate from that which which had all of these things in place, well then you create a uh, a culture of dysfunction. And this is how come. Uh, and then when also when we when we fact in COINTELPRO and how uh, the, the CIA used different tactics and measures to demoralize that aspect of uh, that aspect of the, of the movement, then there's always been this parallel theme that runs um, that runs with that with with that those further extremes of the Black Power movement. Um, and so, like even the even the way they they tend to glorify uh, criminal behavior, criminal activity, um, and you know what? That's something that, that that a lot of brothers today use to their advantage as a as a way to to um, uh, escape accountability in how they deal with in how they deal with black women because they'll say things like, Well black women just like thugs. They they, they, they like thugs. That's that's all they're after. They like thugs. But who who made it a cultural norm that the thug was to be venerated? It wasn't the it wasn't the women who did that. It was it was it was the men who did that because the other men, the men who came from the ilk of a Martin Luther King were seen as boot licking coons. They were seen as sellouts to the community. You understand? Mm-hmm. So that is that is where that came from. That is where that yeah. came from. And so it has brought on um this whole whole new whole new culture of um hyper aggressive behavior, toxic uh masculinity. And let's be clear, it was Tupac Shakur who popularized the idea of a thug in in, in, in in thug life. I mean, I remember back in the early 2000s, you even had R&B singers claiming they was a thug. <laughs> you know, it wasn't something that was just relegated to to gangster rap. You know, like like Jaheim or or Life Genesis. So the 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 thug caricature has something is something that has been romanticized and venerated wholesale by black men. This is another reason how come many brothers uh, they 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 toward the Malcolm X um, caricature as opposed to Martin Luther King because there's been this romantic, uh, romanticizing of the street nigga. I'm from the streets, you know. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the streets, and and and, and I'm a thug. And so, and so, let's just put that out there on, on where that that um, that originated from. Right. And um, you know, and so now, and, and you know what? Like even when we, like when you and I were talking about the cultural cues that that we send out through the through the media, through right. our media, through movies, through television, mm-hmm. through the music, and and what I find um, you know, laughable is how they will take exception with um, with the prop the propaganda that. Why society tends to use against to demonize black men and vilify black society. They'll have a problem with um, movies like you know by Tyler Perry that they say always depict black men in a negative light. They all they'll always cite the color purple. But then these same men will venerate Tupac. Every every gangster rap gangster rapper they'll put on they'll put on a 
on a cultural pedestal. They don't hold them to the same um, standards when it comes to the images that they portray about black men. And that's how come I've, I've made posts and I've said very explicitly that the biggest, um, the biggest purveyors of the demonization of the black male image have been black males. We have, we have to be honest about that. Uh, I, I, I remember like, you know, several times, you know, rappers when they would be challenged on the on what they on their content, they would always talk about well, well, I'm rapping about what I know. This is what's going on. This is what's going on in, in my neighborhood. When a, a lot of those th- those rappers weren't even from the hood, you know right. what I'm saying? So there's no doubt that those those messages had resonance with with a certain demographic. Of black people, and we have to we have to be honest about that. You can't just want to demonize uh, black men being portrayed in a negative light when you don't like the source it's coming from. See, so because they'll have a problem with with the Tyler Perry movies, but then they'll be totally fine with a character like James St. Patrick off a of Fifty Cent show, uh, Power, who, who's a, who's a drug dealer, who's a murderer, and who's a womanizer and cheats on his wife. You don't have no problem with that image. But then you have a problem with how black men are portrayed in, in Tyler Perry. What is it? his latest movie is um, Acrimony. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. This, uh, this self-serving, hypocritical way they negotiate and litigate and litigate these issues is um, is a major problem. And that's something too. I said like you know they they have a problem with what hip hop has become now, what it has devolved to. And and and, huh. they, and it's almost like they act as if this isn't a continuum. It's a continuum because, like, I've even seen posts where they say, you know, my generation, we, we rapped about we rapped about being drug dealers. This generation rapped about being rap about being, um, you know, drug users. As if you can't see the progression and the evolution in that. If it, common sense will tell you that if you rap, if if the the previous generation raps and glorifies Drug, being a drug dealer, then eventually, the the up and coming generations and, and the youth will pick up on that and 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 will take that to the to the next logical um, outcome, which is being a drug user. That's that's right. common sense. So it's like we don't understand that that this is a continuum and that these things exist and operate in a continuum. It's not just isolated or just came out of came out of nowhere. So when hip-hop was promoting the hyper-aggressive, hyper-sexual, hyper-criminal black male, you had no image, you had no problem with that because that is, that is what you see fundamentally as black manhood. You see that as being the man. But now that hip-hop is showing, you know, the, the, the metrosexual black male who has tight jeans on or whatever the case is, you know, and who... Uh, <laughs> Might want to use drugs, and now and now he he tends to to be to have more feminine tendencies. Now you have a problem with it. Well, wait a minute, because you've been saying this entire time that the messages that you had no problem conveying in the in in um with, through gangster rap and through hip hop at that time they had no bearing they had no bearing and res in resonance with 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 the demographic who listened to it and and who were represented by the music. Now you but now today. Those messages do have resonance with that demographic and, and are influencing behaviors and, and thought patterns. So which is it? Right. See, which which is it? And this is and this is something I take exception with when it comes to Tariq Nasheed because I've seen him 
um, in, in interviews and on, and on his shows, make, you know, make those, he, he'll make that, um, you know, that logical, that logical fallacy. Well, he'll, he'll talk about how the reason why it was important to do Hidden Colors is because we needed to see ourselves in, in a positive light and have the positive imagery and how seeing ourselves like that has had a positive, a positive impact on black people in real time, in real life, but then turn around and give a pass and act like gangster rap and hip hop didn't do the reverse. Right. See, you can't ha- you can't have it both ways. If the Im- if the images and the messages and the cues that that we convey through the culture culture matter, then it matters. Period. You can't switch that up and change it and, and make it fit your narrative whenever you want. And and that is one of and that is one of the biggest problems. This entire thing where we demonize we demonize academic achievement. Let's be honest here, black people. Um, and when I say that, I'm talking about with, within the cultural context. We have not been putting an emphasis on um, black standards of excellence. I mean, you have it's, it's nothing to to go down your social media timeline and see and see and see Negroes demonizing education, calling right. it you know calling it indoctrination. Which I mean, they're, and they're, don't get me wrong, now, there may be some truth to that. But the thing is, what cultural cue are we send, are we sending to the children? And that's something I talked about before, you know, because they talk about the school to prison pipeline, the school to prison pipeline, which I I understand that, but I, but you don't talk about the hood to prison pipeline, you don't talk about the home to prison pipeline. What okay, these behaviors that these children that are exhibiting that are getting them expelled and suspended from school, where are they getting those those behaviors from? Right. Where, where are they picking that up from? See, that's what I'm saying. Back when we had and were and were more rooted in what the old guard represented, there was more of an emphasis put on comporting yourself a certain type of way within white society to fit within or not uh, not to fit with or to 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 buck what was seen as black degeneracy. Now we want to just have a black degeneracy going on and then act like it's normal and it's cool. You see, and we put, we don't put any, um, we don't put a premium on black, black education and black achievement. We that's, we just, we just don't do that. Yeah. Well, about that, I'll say that I have noticed that when it comes to black women, that um, education, being proud of your education and sharing that with select, not all of them, but some black men, it's it's seen as a a jab against his manhood or like she would be saying it um, as an affront to him. It's not celebrated the way they would celebrate it with their loved ones. It's like there's, there's one standard of excellence for my baby girl, my mom, my loved ones, you know, and then there's another standard for, you know, these holes out there. That's what it seems like because whenever I see a black woman online talking about her achievements career-wise or academically speaking, and then, you know, it seems that inevitably there are some guys who will come right in to remind her that, you know, that doesn't mean anything, that doesn't mean that you're you're smarter. You might be educated, but that doesn't mean you have common mm-hmm. sense or you don't have street 
street knowledge or, you know, it just it just seems like they try to chip away at, at whatever right. um, pride that she has built up in the things that she has accomplished. And I don't see women doing that to men and little boys. And I, I really don't see right. that men doing that to little girls. Even if it's not their daughter, they don't do that. Mm. But once that woman, once that girl becomes a woman and she's out there amongst the dating pool, oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm having electrical issues. I'm not even cooking. That's okay. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, I just don't see um, men in general being mm-hmm. proud of us as a group, at, you know, the way white people seem to be able to have solidarity with each other, we don't seem to have that right. where, you know, a woman, a black woman can openly speak proudly about the things that she's accomplished in her career without a man right. trying to think that that woman would potentially be somebody who would hold that over him. I think that's a big right. misconception, a stumbling block to unity because if the women are educated, that would just make that her and that guy together. They could be a dynamic duo. It's not to say that she's well, smarter than him. I mean, you know, I don't understand right, the animosity. The thing. Right, but, but see, this is the thing. You can't the, – the reason why men tend to have – especially black men, I'm not, my, I'm not biting my tongue because I know exactly what you're talking about and I understand where you're coming from. The reason why mm-hmm. black men tend to demonize black female intellectuals intellectualism is because okay. you can't run game on somebody that's smarter than you or that's just <laughs> as smart as you. See, and, and, and that goes back to this whole thug and, th- thug and thought culture thing. You see, because the bottom line is that many black men view black, view the very existence of black, of black women as to, to be their sexual playground on a, on a fundamental level. And they have, let's be very clear, they have no problem with black female achievement. They have no problem with black female intellectualism when they can exploit it and use it for, the, and use it for their own gain. And when they can maintain the dominant position over that woman, it becomes a problem when the woman says, no, I'm going to use my gifts, my skills, my intellect to... to, to uh, empower myself and have a certain level of self determination when it comes when it comes to me and what I want to do. You understand? Mm-hmm. And, and this goes back to why we tend to venerate pimps and max within our uh, within our cultural ethos. You understand? And because you know what? I mean, one time I was listening to, um, I think it was the Fifty One Fifty Show with Corey Holcomb, and Teresa mm-hmm. she was a guest on there, and they were talking about how historically uh black men were were in the the leadership position and and mm-hmm. how and how that has switched to a certain degree but let's be very clear there is a there is a um stark difference between being in the leadership position and actually leading see you see you want you many of these men want to be in the leadership position while the women do all the work and that's how come I say that they act like black feminists are lying when they talk about Black women historically have been the mule of, of the community. They're not lying. That that is very true. That is right. very true because <laughs> excuse me. That is very true because historically, mm-hmm. going back to the plantation, many of much of the work that that black women did was in 
was in the slave master's house. And because they were in the slave master's house and, and closer to uh, to white people, they had mm-hmm. more access to information. A lot of times it was the women who, who knew how to read, who knew how to count, and who, who knew certain things. And so that is something that, that, goes, that even goes back to them, while the men, for the most part, were relegated to, you know, the, the physical labor and the field work. You understand? And so many of the women were able, like once they gained their freedom, they would deal with the, the transactional aspect of life at that time um, as far as whether it was going into the going into town to you know to um, engage in business transactions with with various uh, vendors and stuff like that, but the men mm-hmm. still maintained a certain level of dominance in being in being in the leadership position, despite the fact that that many times the woman was more qualified. And so this is this. That's like I said, this power, um, you know power struggle that takes place between black men and black women, it has a historical root. It has a historical right. root and it has a cultural root. And this is how come many of these men they'll demonize they'll demonize feminism and stuff like that because they feel like it is giving the woman a notion of where they don't need a man. You know, she don't she doesn't need a man. And and I'll tell them she doesn't. Uh, 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 if you you have no value to a woman life just being a man. What are you offering as a man to the sister? What are you offering? Like I'm not teaching my daughter to have a man just to have a man. No, you you you, you can take rocks with that. And if you have some type of insecurity with being able to measure up to what it means to truly be a man and to add value to her life and bring and you really bringing something to the table, well then that's your problem. That is your problem. But you know what? We have a uh, we have a caller uh, caller nine one six. I'm bringing you on. I'm gonna let you make your comment. Hey guys, how you Yeah, hello? Hello? Hey, it's Cookie. What's up, Cookie? What's hey, Cookie. Hey, Miss Kenya. How uh, y'all much? doing? Hi. We're doing all right. Uh, so, what do you think about the subject? Huh? I said, what do you think about the subject of the thug and thought culture that is so pervasive in the black community? Man, <laughs> great topic. Number one. Um, number two, um, I think is absolutely asinine. Um, I'm not quite sure where it came from or originated from. Um, I think Amiri said something about um, possibly the men or something like that, or maybe I misunderstood what you said. The original. Oh, what's that? Uh, this, uh, uh, and I was just trying to figure out what was the origination of this thug culture, this thug mindedness. What, why, how is it so cool to be a thug and you know um, females to be thoughts and all this stuff? Um, but my my personal opinion of it, of course, you know I don't I don't engage in it, nor do I you know condone in it in any way. But as far as Tupac, yes, um, it's been glamorized. <clears throat> And right. we were speaking about um, power that has been glamorized as well. And I think with that part, when it comes to like being gangsters and drug dealers and things like that, um, I think a part of it is 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 fantasized from mafia because mafia has always been glamorized. 
Yeah. Um, right. You got The Godfather. You got Gusto. You got. You know what I'm saying? And I love these movies. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but we're not. Their culture is different. The way they deal with things. Black people couldn't do that. We don't have camaraderie like that. Because yeah, exactly, we're too jealous of a people, jealous of each other, trying to figure out what the hell you got going on in your pocket. You understand what I'm saying? We can't right. even trust each other to even have some type of unity going on to be able to prosper in that in that way, like they do. You understand what I'm saying? So, I think it boils down to jealousy and feeling inadequate, especially right. when right. you have sisters who are educated, you understand what I'm saying, who are really doing well for themselves, they're intimidated by that. And right. a lot of black women won't, they want to be married. They want to be a unit. They want that. They want that good brother, you know, with them so we right. can build together. You understand what I'm saying? Right. But these men, these men are so insecure and inadequate and instead right. of saying, hey, you know, I need help. Let me fix myself. So, like, no, you got to blame. You got to do this and that. And then, and then justify your your nonsense behind that. And then you want to tear her down. And that's what right. the post that I made a long time ago. Y'all, a lot of black men want to tear down the black women that do things because it's outside the scope of his so-called manhood grasp. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And then it's like you don't yep. even want to be the man, though. You don't want to go out there and hustle and bustle and get, and you know what I'm saying. You don't want to do that. You want to sit around and sow your oats around the community and you know mm-hmm. think that that's supposed to make you a man. That doesn't make you a man, you know, for how many women you laid with. Exactly, and then that's something that's that my, you know that's, that's something that I, that I speak about a lot. You know, because and you know what, something I noticed too, like I've noticed how black boys. And this is just from, you know, observations like in my personal life and, and even dealing with like with my sons and just other people I know. Black boys tend to do they tend to do very well in school when they're when they're in elementary. And they tend to do do pretty good when they're in middle school. But then it seems like when they get to high school, there tends to be this drop off uh in in their uh performance. And I think what it has a lot to do with the hypersexualization and oversexualization. You know, they have all these mm-hmm. hormones raging and everything like that, and so they mm-hmm. t- they they tend to lose focus and tend to be focused more on, you know, on girls. And it is it, that is how come I, I'm always big on what are the cultural cues that we're sending to to the youth, and to sit here and act like those cues and those messages have no bearing on young minds that are impressionable. Is the height of intellectual dishonesty, and this is how right. I'm hard on brothers because they talk. We talk. We tend to talk a good game when we talk about what we want. When we talk about having a strong black collective, and when we talk about having a strong black nation. But then when it comes to actually doing the work and setting those examples to have that, that's something that we we shy away from. And I think it's too easy and has become too convenient for us to want to blame white supremacy and and what the white man is doing and what white society is doing. The fact of the matter is that your behavior and your thoughts and your um, choices as a, as a male and as a man child have more bearing on how you end up than anything else. And that, and that should be the message that we send to young, to our youth, because we don't, let's be real. We don't socialize black boys to be husbands. 
We don't. We don't. We socialize them to be players. Nope. We socialize them to be max. And it's and then what they'll do. They'll try and pretend like it's coming from the women. You know what I'm saying? Like it's exactly. coming from the mother. Who who raised who raised these men? Who raised them? Who raised these men? You know, like you know, they, they, see when it's convenient for them, they want to try and blame single mothers. But then they'll turn around. The CDC said black men is the most is, is the most involved fathers out of all their kids. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I had I had I had some a guy tell me that the other day, and I said he was talking about well, who raised these men? I said I said I said uh, black men and black women. Remember the CDC said. Black fathers are more involved in their children's lives than any other male group. So then he had right. to be quiet. See, because you mm-hmm. because you don't want to approach these issues in a real way. You want to sit there and talk that dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And because a lot of them are invested in having that easy access to the black female body. And it right. goes back to what yeah. you to what you just mentioned, Nicole, uh, where they'll they'll try and find that sense of manhood and masculinity using. The black, the, the black female body. See, so we don't, uh-huh. we don't, we don't, we don't sit our sons down and tell our sons, you need to be focused on your future. You need to be making these, these types of decisions. You need to be doing X, Y, and Z. We don't do that. We, we make them think that that is okay and, and, and acceptable behavior. Oh, you an old chip off the old block. You like your, like you like your daddy, huh? You know what I'm saying? That, that stupid shit. But then when. The, your, your son 25 and got four kids and, and the child support tearing his ass up, you know what I'm saying, because he's working at Walmart because he, he was too busy chasing girls instead of graduating and going to college and, and being productive. Now all these, and see these things compound. There's a, there's a compounding factor because of white supremacy. So the, the, the male group who has the, the least amount of room for error and has the least, amount of, the least amount of room to waste time are the ones who are doing it most. And as a result of that, they fall behind and they underachieve. But we don't want to mm-hmm. talk about that. It's too easy to blame the system as opposed to yeah. taking a hard look at the culture and the cultural cues that, that we send. And now what you have now, you have the rise of thought, of thought culture where yeah. it has been glamorized and, 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 glor- and glorified for, for women and to, to a larger extent for our young girls to be uh, so sexually accessible and to be so sexually um, sexually open, we, we're not teaching our young women that their that their bodies are a temple, and that yeah. there there is there is power in being um, a certain type a certain type <laughs> of woman. Now, and that's mm-hmm. why I, that's why I put the onus on that when it comes to feminists because feminists have have and, and you know they rightly called out a double standard with the men, but the answer to that was not to tell black you know was not to tell girls well you just be just as promiscuous as the as the men you, you know no no slut shaming no slut shaming you know what I'm saying because mm-hmm. there are real world consequences for that behavior and ramifications mm-hmm. for that behavior you got a little girl right now and more too that's 12 years old talking about talking about uh, performing fellatio. Yeah. Ain't that crazy? And and and, and, and it's, it, it 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 is it is um propagated through social media. And and we can and, and you can look at it and see the de evolution because while the twelve year old the twelve year old talking about it, they got their mama on there too talking about what she do. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there's this mm-hmm. this there is it's a continuum. 
it's a continuum of cultural de-evolution, and, and our youth are in crisis, and we, it's like we don't even understand it. We don't even, you know, Kiana, we don't even comprehend Kiana, this. Go ahead. Kiana made a, a very, very, very good point when she posted today. I think it was today or yesterday, but it's still a big deal right now because people still on their posting, but um, mm-hmm. about not having sex with black men. Yeah. And, and what she was saying was until we get our traumas together, you understand what I'm saying? We got too much going on that needs to be fixed to be worrying about sex and, you know, all this and that and the third. Like, we, we seriously are a broken people. And until right, exactly. we get ourselves together, we shouldn't even be thinking about having sex and carrying on because, I mean, it just adds more trauma to our situation. And so exactly. many people did not exactly. understand it. Only two brothers understood. Everybody else was like, oh, you women, you know, this and that. It was, no, see, you don't look at the deeper issue in the, in, the, in the message when people post. That's what the problem I have with those people in the, in the group. They're not grasping and understanding the post. They're not looking at the message and really thinking about, okay, well, damn. You know what I'm saying? They instantaneously get offended. So basically, women are just supposed to just be constantly treated any old kind of way and then gap our legs open because you say so because you're a dude. No. Women have a right to keep her virtue to herself. And I and I and I actually agree with her post. I mean, if it weren't for me having a good man in my too. life, I'd probably feel the same way too. It's crazy. Right. There's no value in it, but we have to fix ourselves. We have to get ourselves together. We our priorities are so screwed up and and exactly. in the direction we're going in you know is it's a crash. Right. And it, and it, and this this speaks to how the you know, the the nature of the, the leadership that, that these kings offer. And this is how come I go in on these on these brothers, man, because I I know they're full of shit and they're not serious. Because if you were, you would not be relishing in the opportunity to take advantage advantage of the brokenness of our people by employing polygyny as a solution. You see, they relish in the opportunity that, that we are so demoralized and so broken as a people that they can now get, get sisters to be open to the idea of them having this cachet of women, this harem of women. You have a harem of women, yet you have no banking mm-hmm. institutions. You want a harem mm-hmm. of women, but you have no, no learning institutions, no institutions of higher learning. These, these yeah. men are full of shit. And, and, and that's how come I said, and I stand by the statement, the condition of the black community is not the black woman's fault, it's the black man's fault, period. Because men build communities and men build families. And so it's just like uh, Eukini had said, had said on, on, on a previous show, they don't really want this to be fixed because they, they love the easy sexual access they have to women. So, so everything that, that, that they're thinking about, their entire vein of thinking is still on one track, and that's ass. Mm-hmm. You're not really thinking about building uh, kind of, You're not going to build nothing. You're not trying to, you, they're not really trying to build nothing. Because nope. if you're focused on building as a man, you don't, it, don't, it don't take you to have no two and three wives to build anything. It don't even take you one wife to build anything. If you were that focused on building something, you would build it by yourself. You would need exactly. you would need a, 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 a one wife to build something. So you're full of right. shit, and you should be called out. And then they'll say, 
polygyny, polygyny, and even by sex, they don't get it, man. They in a they, they such in the, they in a Western state of mind, man. She, you know this this Eastern culture. But then if a, if if a sister bring up polyandry or having multiple husbands, oh she a hoe, she a whore. I ain't share no woman. So all of us gonna be fucking the same women. And now it's about sex, right? So 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 now so so you you saw what your true intentions are because if polygamy isn't if having multiple wives is not about sex how is having multiple husbands about sex? But right. then these same men will will brag about running trains on women. Right. These dudes they they they're clowns man and and and, and they deserve to be dragged and talked about and exposed. You know what I'm saying? Because while they're sitting here playing all these games, not really serious. The, the the nation continues to to uh, further decline on and and and, and uh, devolve into a being a permanent underclass. Um, but I, I thank you for your call, Cookie. I have another call. I want to bring them on. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Caller four zero four. I'm bringing you on. Okay. Hi, this is Yakini. How y'all doing? Hi, this is Yakini. I'm not saying how you guys doing tonight. Hey. Hey. Yeah, I just want to, yeah, I just want to, um, you know, give some quick input about, you know, this rise in the fat thug culture and, you know, how it so drastically deviates from, you know, what was the culture of, you know, black America, you know, maybe about, you know, going back maybe three or four generations, um, you know, any culture of black America that predated 1970, which is really when you saw this, you know, um, aggravated breakdown, you know, in the black family and, you know, I think what attributes to both the rise of thugs and thoughts is that the whole, you know, bracket of ambitions and motives has changed for black Americans. We no longer chase and we no longer pursue what it is that we pursued back in the day. And you know, we, we all have a drive to go after the things we want, but, you know, today we are being, we're receiving, you know, messages about what, what, what it is that we are expected to want. The society dictates to us what we ought to want. The society dictates, okay, if you chase and attain this, then this is your measure of success. So we're measuring our success and we're allowing our drives to be determined by a different set of factors than in the past. You know, I'm going to give you an example as far as relationships. You know, in the past, when um, a young black male or female matured toward adulthood, you know, their main driving ambition in terms of pursuing the opposite sex was to find a mate, a marriage partner. People started out dating not with the the ambition to find a bed partner, a fuck buddy, uh, or a, a man to pay her way, but people, young people's mind was set on getting out there in the field to specifically find a marriage partner, and that was for both black men and women. Young black men and women back then, you know, they, they didn't wait. They didn't go out here and date five and ten years before they found somebody, you know, to marry and, and have all of these indiscriminate sexual affairs before they finally selected a mate. When a man or woman became 16, 17, 18, it was already hardwired into them from their parents and their community that the sole purpose of them going out to date and, and, to, and to court, as they used to call it back then, was to find a marriage partner, not to find someone that 
to sleep with, to go to bed with and have sex with. You know what I mean? That's that's why I talk about, you know, I talk about, you know, pornography and how the same right. time period they, they, they see, cause you know what, you know what we do? We're very mm-hmm. linear in our thinking. And this right. is something I talk about often. Contemporaneousness does not equate mm-hmm. to correlation, and correlation does not equate to causation. Meaning, just because right. you have two events that are contemporaneous, it does not mm-hmm. mean mm-hmm. that they correlate. And just because you have right. two events that may be contemporaneous and correlate, it does not necessarily mean that one is causing the other. You understand? Right. Because there are there are nuances and caveats to these things. And so what they'll do is right. they'll magnify as the, they'll magnify what they want to magnify and draw a line of causation to the black family breakdown. So they'll say, Well, it was feminism or it was welfare when you had all these other things taking place. You had what what was operating within that macro dynamic. So you have to look exactly. at the micro dynamics to see how these things played out. And pornography is something that we totally ignore because the, the golden age of pornography was during the same time period of welfare, that wealth, that black people got access to welfare. It was during the same time period that the woman's sexual liberation took place, and so was the Vietnam War. So there are other extenuating nuances and caveats that can't be ignored that had, that, that had an impact on the socialization of uh, of men and women, and that had an impact on um, on the black family. And so, like you know what, you can casually have sex. You can have a casual approach right. to sex, but, but right. sex in and of itself is not casual. It is a deeply spiritual um, spiritual thing, and it has it has implications whether you're using you know, protections or protection or not. That's, right. that's just what it is. And I, and, and I say this in a post. Sex is the only biological function that requires a partner. That's, that's, right. that's how unique and special it is when it comes to the human experience. And so that's something that, right. we, that, that, that we ignore. And it's in the interest of men to ignore it because, as, as you stated before, a lot of these men... They like it like this because they have access to what they really want to, to what they really want to have access to. They don't want exactly. cultural standards of, of of what of what men should have to live up to, to, to in order to have access to a woman. And 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 that is the very that thought process is the very bedrock of they took the man out the home because that's literally all they're talking about. That's, they're not even right. talking about a man who may have been a husband and a father. Or a man who was is just a man. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not teaching my teaching none of my daughters to have a to have a man just because he's a man. Are you crazy? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. This nigga gonna have to meet standards. Period. And if you mm-hmm. can't meet that standards, guess what that means you need to do? You need to, you mm-hmm. need to go, go run along and play somewhere. You're not entitled to, to black women. You're not entitled. This notion of this cultural indebtedness that black women are supposed to have the black men. Like, what? Right. Where, where, where we get this from? This is what we're doing now? You see what I'm saying? Because right. you know that because this, this white man got his boot on your neck, it's harder for you to live up to 
the, the, the universal standard of manhood. It's not something that's just relegated to Western society. Like, you can't just go, in, go into an Asian home and be some dusty Asian and think you're going to take that man daughter somewhere. You know what I'm exactly. saying? There's people not going for that. It got nothing to do with Western society. And so, and so exactly. where those things are coming from are coming from a place of a sense of insecurity and inadequacy because a lot of these men are emasculated by white supremacy. But nobody wants to talk exactly. about it. Everybody must ignore that. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. And so now, mm-hmm. these, our, 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 and, and our little girls, by the time they turn 18, 60% of them are touched. You can't. We can't even talk about that. If we talk about that, oh man, that's just y'all. Y'all just trying to attack the black man. Y'all just trying to that's that, that, they're attacking the black man. You know what I'm saying? Nobody can talk about mm-hmm. the shit that's going on in our communities because it might make black men look bad. Well, guess what? If you don't want to look bad, you shouldn't be touching girls. You see right. what I'm saying? I don't care if you make us look bad. The shit needs to stop, and mm-hmm. it needs to be exposed. And so, exactly. like, you know, we'll talk about the effects of pedophilia on little boys. See, because in the black society. There, there tends to be more of a stigma of pedophilia when it's done against boys, and and when it, and, exactly. and when it's done to girls, you're like, yeah, you know, like they'll even we'll even blame the girl with a little fast ass. Why she why she why that little girl girl could be six if she got on a if she got on a bathing suit bikini, she doing something wrong? You know what I'm exactly. saying? I don't care what she got on. It's uh, under no circumstances am I looking at a little six year old girl as a sexual object any goddamn way. Yeah. So who's the so who's the real deviant here? But like I said, niggas are so demoralized that they they don't even have a moral ethical compass to know when something is right or wrong. But nobody can exactly. do anything about it. Everybody must mm-hmm. pretend just go along because you're making the black man look bad. I don't give a damn about exactly. it. Exactly. It's about restoring what has fallen. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. And about mm-hmm. standing up for, and standing up for what's right, and so what happens exactly. is that when little when little girls are robbed of their innocence like that, and when they're sex when they're sexualized at a young age like that, they tend to, they tend to grow up and be promiscuous. Mm-hmm. They tend to grow up and be promiscuous. They they don't even have any boundaries when it comes to their bodies. Well, you know what I'm saying? So don't don't tell right. me that. The twerking is causing the culture. When when I when I can understand and comprehend that her twerking is merely a manifestation in her responding to something that has already been initiated early in her existence, because we sexualize exactly. little girls from a young age. So mm-hmm. before she can before she can twerk and understand that it sends a sexual message, she's all she has already um, been ingrained with. With with a sense of sexuality er, earlier in, right. her, in her socialization, but we can't talk right. about that. We can't examine that. You exactly. see what I'm saying? Like we'll tell a little girl, you know, sit like a lady sit with your legs closed, but we don't tell the little boys. You ain't got no business standing down no woman crotch any goddamn way. We don't exactly. tell them that because we look at that as normal male masculine behavior. But yet you can't do nothing about right. this white man. Right. You can't do nothing about this white man. The, the very way we litigate what is an alpha male within black society is is all relegated around the woman. If you could tip a woman out, oh, he, he, that's, he been alpha there. If he can have a bunch of women that he that he that he can have sexual access to, sleeping with, getting to do all this sexual stuff, that's an alpha male. But yet when it comes to taking down the real alpha male, this white man, you can't even sit down at a Starbucks, nigga. 
Well, I can teach you something mm-hmm. to you up. So don't tell me you know mm-hmm. alpha male because you got a bunch of women. What you going to do about this mm-hmm. nightmare? Mm-hmm. And until these men ask, mm-hmm. come up with an answer for that, they have no business asking, asking for multiple wives. You're lucky you got one. Because in, exactly. because in the wild kingdom, beta males don't get access to the women. Alpha, mm-hmm. you gotta, you, to, get, to, to get that access, you got to take down the alpha male. Got to sit there and that stupid shit. I tell all of them that. And you tell Shadows out, I leave that. Talking about if the, if the black woman challenges his superiority as a black man. Damn, the black woman challenges your superiority. What you going to do about this white man who challenges your very humanity every day, nigga? What you going to do about that? Mm-hmm. What you, what, that's what I that's what I'm looking at. You want to prove to me that you were you were alpha. Tell me what you're gonna do about that. Yeah. You make markedly less than this white man on these jobs, but you ain't saying nothing about that. But then to sit there and whine about taking care of your children. That you that, exactly. that you went, went up there and made on your own. That's that's the entire mm-hmm. problem. The very way we socialize our boys is it, creating this problem. Mm-hmm. We teach them to conquer women, but we don't teach them to go in there and, comp- and conquer corporate America. We don't teach them that. We don't teach them exactly. to go in there and, 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 and conquer the and conquer the judicial system by being a lawyer. We we don't teach them that. You see what I'm saying? And so exactly. all they're doing is is leaving within their wake broken families, broken women, and broken children. And didn't want to sit and pretend exactly. like it's welfare and feminism, like it's some public policy stopping you from doing what you need to do as a man. It's nothing stopping you. There was nothing stopping you. But uh, I appreciate your call, you Kimmy. We got a couple. Of, we got some clips we want to play okay. to highlight what we're, what, what we're actually talking about. Can you have those clips? Yeah, I have those clips, but I have a point that I want to make about okay, um, when you were talking about. Uh, the normalization of easy sexual access in our community. And I would like to say that I don't think we can even talk about this topic without talking about the way that the black community as a whole approaches prom. Because, you know, we used to socialize young people in a way that was much more wholesome and, and lent itself to family values. But the way prom is done now is just, it's out of control. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you see the, the pictures and they're so starkly different between the way white people seem to approach prom and the way we do. You know, they're, they're, it's not like a debutante ball anymore. You know, I see pictures of white people that go to, to prom. The girl looks like a Disney princess and the guy looks like Prince Charming. And then you look at our pictures and the woman, the the girl (laughs) is dressed, half dressed like a lady of the night. And the, and the guy might be standing there looking like a pimp with a, with a hat and the, and the walking stick and everything. And it, it it, it looks like they're going to a player's ball. It does not look like, you know, it doesn't look like anything nice is going to happen on that evening. Not to mention the fact that, you know, every time around this time of year, when prom is in the air, you, you get pictures of, you get pictures of these girls that are dressed looking 
like they're ready. <laughs> Guys know what I'm saying when I say she she look like she's ready. Okay, so we dress the girls like that, and and guy and men right. go so far as to even they'll take pictures with a bunch of guys that all have like bats or rifles or whatever. It's like okay, don't mess with this one. But the reason why they do that is because they know that premarital sex is is expected, or encouraged in some you know events. Just like mm. how there's always prom posts on Facebook of people considering paying for the hotel room for their son to have premarital sex with somebody else's underage daughter, you know, and it it does not make sense how we socialize boys and girls different. If you're the girl, then your job on prom night is to keep your legs closed. But if you're a guy, your job on prom night is to get inside those legs. And so, you know, we set them up for, for a power struggle from the very beginning. And this is, right. you know, nobody really is pushing their their children to marry straight out of high school. But on prom night, it's people willing to roll out the red carpet for their child's sexual experience that evening. And, you know, right. we're supporting, encouraging, setting, and maintaining these standards that we say we don't want. But every year, we make a big to-do about some teenagers having sex. And that's really what it is. Right, that's yeah. You're right. It, it's something that's that's something that's just prevalent, like in the larger, you know, a larger Anglo-American culture, you know, culture as well. It's something that and it's normalized. You understand? And and that's and that's the thing too. We got to realize that a lot of these cultural cues have their um, have their um, inception in you know within the larger white you know white uh, society. And, and that's something that, that we have to be honest about, too, is, you know, how, how we tend to mimic what's going on in, in the dominant society. Because there has been a deviation from those puritanical pure values within mm-hmm. the dominant society as well. You, you understand? And so it's not something that is, that is merely isolated, isolated to black society. But the problem is that because we're, we're more um, unhealthy as a people, the ramifications of that. Of, of these things tend to harm us in, in ways that are much more significant. And that is a part of what I call, you know, the social inertia of the black predicament within America. No matter what they know, no matter what adverse action takes place within the larger society, it will always disproportionately affect black people in negative ways because they have all these other um, extenuating uh, circumstances that are already against them. On it, both on an institutional level and on a uh, cultural level. Um, what, are, uh, yeah. what are some of these clips that we have? This uh, this is a clip from a movie, a black exploitation movie from the seventies called The Mac. And in here, he says some things that will definitely speak to a, a shift in values and what was. Um, you know, becoming very popular to venerate these pimps. So I'll go ahead and play it now. Okay. Now remember, a pimp is only as good as his product. See? And his product is women. Now you got to go out there and you got to get the best ones you can find. 
And you've got to work them broads like nobody's ever worked them before. And never forget, anybody can control a woman's body. See? But the key is to control her mind. You see, Pepin's big business. And it's been going on since the beginning of time. And it's going to continue straight ahead. Somebody up there turns out the lights on this small planet. Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. Okay, that's it for that one. Right, and so, so, so you see, and so they'll pretend like that has no bearing on the way they deal with black women. They'll, right. they'll actually sit there and, and pretend like that had, when they, like when those movies were coming out, that had no that didn't leave an impression on the impressionable minds of young black men. Right. You see what I'm saying? This is how come the pimp is venerated within our social spaces, spaces and within our cultural ethos. But no one can mm-hmm. talk about that. It's, it, it, it's, it's so normalized that, that we just wink at it. We don't even understand the ramifications of that. And so, like, you have, you have men who, who for, a, 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 you know, the... Um, an extended portion of their their time as adult males who will operate that way with women. But what tends to happen is that those men eventually they you know they get tired of living like that and tired of that behavior. Now they want to find a good a good wholesome woman to woman to settle down with. But here's the problem: when you have a large majority of the male populace operating that way, mm-hmm. it, it, it invariably is going to leave its footprint on the opposite sex. So now, right. when when you when you get ready to settle down and go out there, you know, we get to find your host and woman because all the men are operating with that same, um, within that same vein of, of thinking and behavior. The, right. the women reflect that, and so now when you want to go out there and find your woman to settle down with, you know, and now she got two or three kids, now you now you have a problem with single mothers. You understand? Right. As if these women are single mothers and and they were created in a vacuum. It's an entire culture operating. That's been my entire point the whole time. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. how come it has to begin with the men. See? And, and that, you know, that goes back to that thing where they talk about, you know, if a man get a lot of women, he a good teal. And if the woman have a lot of she a shitty lock. You know, that's, you know that, that whole right. um, double standard. Mm-hmm. Right. It's from the same movie. That, you know, that whole double standard. But then they talk about, ain't no such thing as male privilege for black men. The white man be beating our ass. Ain't no sense, you know what I'm saying? Trying to play like, you know, just because you dominated by the white man, it doesn't mean that you don't exercise a certain level of privilege. Because all, when we talk about privilege, all we're essentially talking about is sense of, senses of entitlement and double standards. That's all we're really talking about. Privilege doesn't have to be institutional or systemic or financial. It can, right. it can be psychological. Mm-hmm. And it can be cultural. It can be behavioral. How, because the, the entire black society will readily demonize a woman who has who has 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 had a lot of male partners, but we don't do the same to black men. No, you understand, and so and so that's something that we have to be honest about too. What, what's the next clip? Okay, this next clip <laughs> I want to play a bit of this uh, Curtis Mayfield song "Pusher Man," and it, it'll tell you where the whole term "bad bitches" came from. Here we go. Okay. 
Okay, so there we see, even back in mm-hmm. the 70s, women mm-hmm. that were desirable by these thugs. I mean, if he's a pusher, he's definitely what you would qualify as a thug. And the the women that he chooses are called the bad, black, the bad bitches. So I don't understand right. why, if that is what black men are aspiring to, then why would they be upset with the women who aspire to be the woman that that man ch- chooses if they're the baddest? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it it doesn't make sense to demonize only one flip side of the same coin. Exactly. but And, 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 and that's what we do. And like I said, because it goes back to the way we fundamentally view what manhood is. And they'll even talk about, you know, the bio – the, the biomechanical reality of a of a man wanting to spread his seed, as it were. But we have to realize that just as we can make a case for the sexuality and uh, sexual um, uh, impulses that men have as being something that is very much uh, based within their biomechanical structure, the same can be the same. Uh, argument can be made for the woman. The woman is just as much a sexual being as the man. Right. She's just as much a sexual being as a man. But see, we don't like that because, see, because you know what it is? It's all mm-hmm. about the, it's all about the male ego. You know what I'm saying? It's, mm-hmm. a, it's all about the male ego. And because you know why? Because mm-hmm. men know that no matter what they think they're packing. It's somebody out there packing more than what you got. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we want to put the women under range because of the possibility of her running across somebody who make who, who make us feel inadequate. You see what I'm right. saying? While we just want to run from woman to woman, like they see that's I'm, 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 that's that's what that's what being a man is. It's all about being a man. You know what I'm saying? So that's all about the um you know it's all about the male ego when it comes to that. Um, what's the, what's some of the other clips we have? Uh, I have some other clips of music. This one is. Two live crew. It's called Welcome to the F Shop. Okay, here we go. I mean, like I said, you know, this this whole thing with, you know, with the thug and thug culture, and now it's, um, like I said, it's proliferated and propagated, you know, via, you know, via social media, and it's a major problem, like even with, you know, in my opinion, it's a major problem, and I, I mean, I can see where it's going. It, it, these things can only f- help to further 
the dysfunction within our community and within our social spaces. And like, and I mean, it's it's a scary thought to think that you have young black men and women who are treating their bodies like like garbage cans, right? Because the ramifications of that behavior, even this way, we want to pretend like there is there are there are all these homeopathic and natural cures for STDs. You know, Dr. Sebi cured herpes. He cured HIV. You know, this it, this is is within uh, is within our cultural mythology because we don't want to address the issue of how we behave sexually, both the men and the women. I don't believe for one minute that you have white all these white people running around here with herpes burning up and in, 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 in with, with, with bumps all on their in they crotch of their genitalia it, because they don't want to they don't want to admit that all you got to do is eat grapes for seven days or whatever the, or whatever the supposed cure is. You know what I'm saying? Let's be yeah. let's be real. Let's be, let's be realistic. Let's be realistic. The chances are that. If you engage in that behavior, all you're doing is um, consigning yourself to to a lot of trauma and a lot of damage. And we haven't even we haven't even spoken about the spiritual um, and the psychological implications of this and 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 what it's going to look like. I mean, can we imagine and can we surmise what is going to, what is going to be the complexion of black male female relationships? within the next 20 years, especially when you have people in rhetoric coming from individuals like Tommy Sotomayor, Minister Jap, Nicole Michelle on social media, and who for the most part put all the onus on the women for being moral, upstanding, and upright, as if those things shouldn't be just as prevalent and pronounced with the men. What do we think is going to happen? Right, like it doesn't take a genius to see where we're going and to see where we're headed, because these things are promoted wholesale on social media, and the the, the youth have access to this. They have access to this, and you know right. this this whole thing about you know well them talking about the womb is sacred because you know men say that these same men who 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 want to who want to punish every womb tell you the womb is sacred. Okay, well. If the woman is so sacred, how how come you want to desecrate it? Right. How come you want to how come you want to desecrate? Shouldn't you honor and respect what is sacred? Right. See, that is a form of control. You're trying to exert social social and cultural control over the way the women operate, while you yourself operate with no inhibitions and no morality when it comes to sex. Right. You see That's what I'm absolutely. saying? And so. I said that is absolutely right Another thing I want to address Is how you know A lot of people don't think that the things That we're bringing up as far as uh, The culture, the movies The music, the social media They don't think that those are uh, Reputable Sources of information But um, When we're talking about The damaging effects it can be seen in other ways by these same people who would say, well, the music doesn't have anything to do with that. Or so what if I watch hood movies and I venerate pimps? It doesn't have anything to do with that. But on the other hand, they'll say that a lot of women's minds are destroyed from 
you know, um, looking up to celebrities right. and the Tyler and, uh, the Perry yeah. movies, love and hip hop and all this, you know, yeah. Right. But but it, it, don't, and, it don't have no think it don't have no bearing on you. Right. So decades of hip hop and the veneration of pimps and all that stuff had no effect at all. But if a woman watches a weekly reality show, then you know she's completely out <laughs> of her mind. And you, she's she's totally undateable and definitely not marriage material because of what women on a reality show are doing. It's ridiculous. Right. That's that that's abs- that's absolutely um you know that's absolutely correct, man. And it's uh like I said, it's it's the height of disingenuousness and intellectual mm-hmm. dishonesty. And like I said. Men must be the morality that they see, and I think this is what many men are 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 are, are faced with and are coming to grips with. And you know what? Something else, something else too. I've noticed, and this is just my observation. But it mm-hmm. seems that much of the animus and vitriol that black men have for black women is all centered around child support. The fact that yeah. there is a system in place to support black women uh, seems to seems to bother these men. And I really don't understand, you know, understand why. Because if we if we understand how rough it is for us as men, why would you think it would not be as rough for sisters? I mean, there seems to almost be there seems to almost be vagina envy by some of these men because they perceive women receiving all these benefits because they have a vagina, and, and as if somehow that's taking benefits from them. You're a man. You're a man, dude. And as I come. We don't even teach our boys that they themselves are a resource. You are a resource. That's how come you're, you're supposed to value your seed. Because whenever you interact with a woman, the woman, the woman is going to obtain some level of value from you because we live in a male-dominated society. The, the civilization has been dominated by men for the last 6,000 years. So you're, you're a resource. And that's how come you're, you're supposed to value your seed because when you transfer your seed to the woman, you transfer your value to her because she has the child. Right. So all these men claiming to be kings and, 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 and all this other crap, but you don't, value your, you don't value your seed, you don't value your children, you don't value what comes forth from your loins. And, and this is something, too, that is prevalent with a lot of these Hebrew-Israelite clowns because if we notice, if you read like a lot of, you know, the Bible and stuff like that, it'll always talk about the fruit of Abraham's loins. So what, what, what are you talking about? It's talking about his seed. But yet you want to go dispensing your seed like it's a condiment. Watch, while trying to tell a woman, it's, while trying to tell, tell the women, oh, you, you, you got you to regulate the cookie. But why you ain't got to regulate the, regulate the cucumber then? Why you ain't got to regulate the eggplant then? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're so full of shit that it's laughable. It, it, it is laughable. And, and that's how come I said the other day, they, they don't realize that they're the emperor with no clothes. They don't, they don't see themselves. They don't see how ridiculous they look. When we compare and when we do a, a comparison to, to other male groups. And so if we really want to get serious as black men about building our communities, restoring our families, Challenging white supremacy in ways that are effective. Well, then it has it has to start with us, and it has to start with the way we fundamentally see ourselves as men and as masculine men. Do we have Do we have um, some other clips, Kenya? 
Yes, we do. We have here's one. Another song. This is NWA. Okay. Everywhere we go, they say NWA is fucking up the program. And then you realize we don't care. We don't just say no. We're too busy saying yeah. About drinking straight out the egg bottle. Do I look like a motherfucking role model to a kid looking up to me? Life ain't nothing but bitches and money. Cause I'm the type of nigga that's built to last. If you fuck with me, I'm putting your ass. See, I don't give a fuck cause I keep telling, telling. Yo, what the fuck are they yelling? Okay, so... Right. right there. Right. And see those things. You know, and, and I re- I remember the, I, I I remember the impact that NWA had and that Gangster Rap had. And I remember I believe it was Dorothy Height. She did a speech on it. No, it wasn't Dorothy Height, I'm sorry, it was Dolores Tucker. You know, you know, she did a she did a speech about it and everything. And I remember, you know, Tupac even referenced her in a song and you know, basically basically told her she was wrong. See, that's always been a thing. Man, they try to tear the black man down, they try to stop the black man, you know, all this and they were talking about the messages that they were sending. You, you, you the ones that were taught rapped about your women being bitches and hoes. So now, right. when they display this behavior, now, now you want to wonder where it comes from. It, it, that came from feminism, though, right? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> you can never be held accountable for the shit you do. You, you see what right. I'm saying? It's, it's always somebody else's fault. Because you didn't have to do that. And this idea that we, we can give black men a pass who are supposed to be the leaders for these communities that we can give right. them a pass when it when it comes to what they do in their pursuit of money, but yet mm-hmm. all of these millionaires that black millionaires that 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 hip hop has wrought it has not translated to the black community or the black collective in, in in one iota. So 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 what so so what did it gain for for the collective? Right. You see what I'm saying? We're demoralized as a people, and we don't want to, we don't want to deal with, we don't, you know, we don't want to deal with that. We do not want to deal with that, and I think that is um, the biggest problem. And, and, and so, like I said, you know, the, the path is already set if if there if something isn't done. And like I said, because it's so normalized now and so ingrained within the society and the culture, and then you have uh, um, people like you know Amber Rose with her you know slut shaming. And stuff like that, mm-hmm. and, I, and I know I know sisters don't want to hear this, but I'm a, I'm gonna talk turkey just from the perspective of a male, because historically mm-hmm. speaking, men have been in control of marriage and to a larger point, sexual you know sexual politics. Mm-hmm. But no man is gonna want a woman who to be his wife, who he perceives to be someone that other men have had easy access to. That's just that's the way our minds think, and I mean we could talk about you know the merits of it, but I'm just telling you that's what it is. And and women thinking that they're gonna get all these men to change their mind? No, that's not realistic. I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? So sisters are gonna have to do some self analysis too on what they want, and are gonna have to start being more um, long term in their in their thinking. You see what I'm saying? You can't just be going for for any little dude that smiled at you. You know, and got a mohawk. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, you it, there has to be an entire cultural shift 
when it comes to our values and our priorities, both for men and women, if we want if we want what we say we want. You see what I'm saying? And so yeah, there has to be a cultural shift because men set and maintain the standards. If they want women to maintain their purity, they need to stop trying to right. deflower everybody. That you can't it's, have. I, I, you can't have men spending their teens, twenties, maybe even thirties, looking for easy sex, and then getting to be thirties and forties and want to settle down, and then right. wonder why it's not a bunch of black virgins sitting on the shelf somewhere waiting for him to come <laughs> choose them. Absolutely, and, and you know what? You're right because um, what what they do now, what I noticed is what they use in place of that because they still want the sexual access. Is they use they they use if she's a, if she has children or not. That's the new metric for for what you like what you just referenced, which was which is their purity. When historically it has been their virginity, because because you know like especially like back within like the time the time period I referenced, it, mm-hmm. there was value put on men being virgins too. Like we saw they were socialized differently. Than what we are now, and you know what? These men today, they are from the generation of gangster rap, the mm-hmm. Mac, and mm-hmm. uh, and pimp veneration, and their morals and their rhetoric reflect that. They reflect right. that. Like when you just sit and talk, like men now, instead of them challenging a deadbeat a deadbeat father, they're more they're more interested on trying to get the woman. You got to on get the on uh, relegating. The regulating the um the behavior mm-hmm. of the woman. Now imagine if we had as a culture, our standard was men need to be men and take care of their children. If that was the standard mm-hmm. and men held other men accountable to that standard, then it wouldn't matter who she slept with. Now would it? Right. It wouldn't matter because the end result would be the same. The man would be doing what he's supposed to do. You right. know what I'm saying? But you're so sexually driven. That you're more concerned with what she see because what they want to do is all men don't have the ability to attract women. You know what I'm saying? Let's be real. All men don't have that ability. So what a lot of these men want to do is they want to they want to restrict the playing field for them. So they want they they want to get women to stop being attracted to what to what women are attracted to. You know, like swagger, confidence. You know. That that certain type of thing that a guy has to have to get right. women to to be into him, and right. so they they want to get women to deviate from that because then that gives them access to the women, as opposed to saying this is the standard of manhood that we have in our communities. It is uniform across the board. If you don't measure up and meet up to that, you are enemy of the state. You are committing treason against uh, against the black nation. And so it wouldn't matter if that was the if that what we did. It wouldn't matter who the woman's sleeping with because the end result would be the same. So you don't right. you, you don't want to do that because again they 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 have a one track mind. Their whole thinking is how can I get ass? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so the things that they say within the course of dialoguing with them reveals their true intentions when you can comprehend the implications and nuances of what they're really saying, even when they might might not understand what they're saying. You know what I'm saying? Because it, because it, oftentimes it's coming from um, a, deep, a, a a place of it's coming from their subconscious. Uh, you know, a, a lot of times we have any more, we got we got six minutes left. We have any more clips? 
Yeah. This is what this is what the culture begets right here. Two thousand eighteen is you bitches don't have a job. If you're not in school get you a fucking sugar daddy. Okay. That was was that Cardi B? That was Cardi B. And actually, that's Mm. not the full clip because after that, she went on to say, get your white white and married sugar daddy. She was very specific Mm. about that. Right. See, and that's Um, that's what I'm talking about with the rise of this, you know, the rise of thought culture, man, of the messages that we're sending to our our little girls. Um, You know, she she was like even twerking. you know, pregnant. twerking on, you know, twerking is she pregnant? And, and then, like, I, I think there was another song. Was that her? I think it is her. It says something, something like, I fuck them and I get some money. You, you know what I'm saying? Look at the yeah. messages that we're sending. You see what yeah. I'm saying? And and that's why this that's why this bullshit has to be challenged. It, it, it is ironic to me how black people will talk about the family while being totally devoid of, of family building principles as a culture. And I and, and think that's and think that's gonna work. It's just gonna be more of the same and it's gonna and in twenty years it's gonna be worse. It's gonna be worse. Like it, it doesn't take a genius to re- to recognize where we're headed. You know what I'm saying? Like it's going to be a worse phenomenon within twenty years. And right. precisely because we're already a uh a demoralized people unhealthy people, we're not protected by any systemic measures, it's going to impact us worse than it's going to impact other segments of society. We have to realize yeah. that. And so this mm-hmm. this normalization of degeneracy is is, right. is is an existential threat that, that I see, you know, on the horizon and specifically, you know, um for our for our youth. So it's you know, it's um, it's something that needs to, that needs to be challenged. But like, and especially with this deviation from from um, you know from religion, religion, which also means to restrict, has its benefits. It has its merits, even though it even though it may be a you know may be a construct. It has it has its um, its merits and its benefits because historically that is what had the family strong and intact. Was was those um, religious Christian principles and ideals? So uh, that's been um, the latest showing for the Great Liberators Radio Show. We're down to the last few minutes. We want to thank everybody for listening, for calling up. We had a lot of listeners tonight. Um, I want to appreciate Cookie and Yukimi. They're they're becoming um, you know uh, regular, regular. Callers and, and we appreciate right. We appreciate mm-hmm. that. Uh, can you can you announce our uh, our social media? Um, sites and stuff like that. Right. We can be found in the Facebook group Black Men and Women United. Our Facebook page is Great Liberators Radio Show. There's always a lot of dialogue on there. Our YouTube page is The Great Liberators. A lot of good dialogue on there as well. And on Blog Talk Radio, we're at blogtalkradio.com backslash The Great Liberators. And on Twitter, we're the Great Liberators at Great Liberators. So you can check us out there, and hopefully you join our Facebook group, and we talk about these types of issues on a daily basis in there. Right. I think, you know, we have – I think we have one of the one of the best groups 
one of the best groups running on on Facebook. Quiet as it's, you know, quiet as it's kept because it's mm-hmm. because we we post. I mean, well, you know, people are allowed to post controversial topics, topics that may be um, that may be provocative, but it's not. We don't allow over overt demeaning post and um, destructive posts and posts that tear down black men or black women. We allow posts that are provocative that may raise an issue that we can have dialogue around, and that is the great liberator's way. We don't shy away from any topic. We explore and, um, you know, all issues. Nothing is, is too big or too small or too hard for us to discuss. And, and, and oftentimes I think you will find that the truth that we seek as a people lies in the gray areas. Everything is not just black and white, and it's not in black and white. So um, so that's been uh, the latest episode of the Great Liberators Radio Show and Make Black America Great Again and Big y'all, Godspeed. See you next time. Thank you for listening to The Great Liberator, hosts Amiri Brown and Kenya White. Until next time.